0: This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience.
1: Welcome everybody to the Age Changer show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, and my mom, Carmen Furrow. As we always say and start every show, our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see through God's eternal purpose Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective as they passionately pursue their upward call in Christ, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, guys, before we start this show, I do want to give a special shout out to Ed Hudson. He actually just sent over That's right. these mugs to us. They say Summit Life, and they have our uh, mission here, elevate, equip, and thank empower. You, Ed. So thank you, Ed. Uh, that is an amazing uh, gift to us, and we appreciate that. But last week on Thursday, we were talking about hastening the day. Now, I know you didn't get through all your material. That's right. (laughs) Um, And so this is going to be a second part to that hastening to the day. And uh, one of the quotes that you mentioned last week was, the church has a calling and responsibility that directly relates to the timing of the second coming of Christ. And uh, just expound a little more on that.
0: Well, I believe that's absolutely true. And that's what this series is about. I do believe the Lord is wanting to give us a new in time paradigm mm-hmm. and God is going to shift the paradigm of the church because we have an important responsibility to quicken and accelerate, uh, to partner with God, to bring about the King's return. Yeah. And I believe the Lord is, is looking for a church that will pick up the pace, and will, again, what the scripture tells us uh, to hasten the day of the Lord. This is not something that is new. I believe it because I believe the Bible teaches it. Mm-hmm. But we've been so fixated on certain end time paradigms that we have uh, read over some very clear, important uh, truth concepts that God is wanting to bring the church. And, yeah. and that's what this series is about Really, this is why we named the show the Age Changer Show. Yeah. The Lord wants us to partake of the age to come, embody what's coming, and forerun uh, the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's not just one individual. I believe that's the last day's church as an entire corporate uh, body. We are to forerun and prepare the nations For the return of the king, by first preparing ourselves for the Lord, being a people that are prepared and ready for the Lord. Before we get back into the text, I just wanted to say to both of you, thank (laughs) you. We had quite a week last week. Yeah, we did uh, launching this, and I know that you guys did some, excuse me, switch hitting, and then you joined us on the question and answer uh, day, and and. I did say on that question and answer session that I said, it looks like I'm facing double trouble, but actually I want to rephrase that and reframe it. This is actually the roads between two thorns, um, <laughs> that is true. but guys, thank you for doing this with me. It really helps uh, in teaching and expressing uh, things to have people that are actually listening and participating uh, um, with you as you go through the material.
1: We're glad to be here. Yeah, i yeah. was is definitely better looking <laughs> yeah. than me. We're so. excited to be here. <laughs>
0: well, well, thank you. Well, I want us to just go back to a text that was really the heart and soul. I said that this text is the heart and soul of the series. And I want to have us look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. And let's actually look at verse 11 going into verse 12, it says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, referring to the earth and its environment, because the day of the Lord is going to come, Peter said, with fervent heat, with an intensity. And it says, what manner or what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? So again, we want to be a people that are prepared for the Lord, spiritually ready and prepared for the Lord. But our posture of our heart and in the engagement of our action is twofold. He said this in verse 12. He said, waiting, he uses two verbs, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. So what we just, in a quick way, reviewing what we talked about last week is that the church has done a good job waiting. And maybe I even want to clarify that because the type of waiting which we've engaged in is really not biblical waiting. Mm. We have just been kind of waiting around, kind of like at a bus stop, like Jesus dropped us up the bus stop said i'm going to come back at some time and so what we've been doing is killing time it's really not a a biblical biblically informed spirit informed waiting that god is asking us to engage in we've just said
1: jesus take the wheel
0: (laughs) yeah you know jesus (laughs) you know you're you're going to come back whenever you want to there's nothing we can do that can solicit a response from you Because you've just uh, set an arbitrary date out there. And one of the things that I said last week is that we think that we're waiting on Jesus. Mm -hmm. But actually, Jesus is waiting on us. Mm -hmm. And so, not only does he say that we are to be waiting with expectation, with longing, with desire, with anticipation. I know that kind of waiting. After having many children... There, when I was pregnant, there was a waiting that I did that was not just sitting around waiting, but it was a waiting and plant preparing and getting ready for the arrival That's in a right. very active way. That's and right. And so were you. <laughs> yeah. I, I can remember when some of our first uh, babies came that there was a nursery that was prepared, mm-hmm. uh, that there was the changing table that was assembled, a crib that was... Assembled and lots of diapers assembled, <laughs> <laughs> gathered. <laughs> uh, a a nursery that was painted and a wallpaper border that was hung to create the environment mm-hmm. for the baby's yeah. arrival. To receive the arrival. Yeah. But it's not just a biblical anticipation, a hope that anticipates, that longs and has an earnest desire. Peter couples waiting with, to me, I think, an amazing word. And as I shared last week, some of the translations want to tone it down. Mm -hmm. They want want to explain what the biblical waiting Mm -hmm. is. And so they say, wait with earnest desire. No, there Mm -hmm. is no mistake about the biblical definition of the term hastening. It says waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God. This word in the Greek is used six times. And it is, the waiting is with anticipation, but we're to marry it with an intensified anticipation action that's based upon our motivations. So as we anticipate, there's this motivation, there's this longing to say, Jesus, we want your return back to earth. We want your appearance. We desire to be to you uh, what you've longed for, and we long for you to be unto us what you've longed to be to us as your people. But then Peter said, I want you to hasten. The word can be defined as a quickening, a quickening of the pace to accelerate, to hurry up yeah. the day of our God. So make no mistake about it. We can shorten the distance. We can, hmm. we can shorten the time uh, to his appearance. So there were a couple uh, passages of scripture that we went to last week. And this is more of a review than maybe I, I wanted to give, but I think it's important For context, we talked about the passage of Scripture with Zacchaeus, who, because of his short stature, got in the tree. Jesus was going down the road, and there was a crowd. He wanted to see Jesus, get an advantage to see Jesus. And Jesus approached him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. It is the same word as hastening that is used in this passage in 2 Peter 3. And it said that when he heard heard Jesus say that instruction to him, hurry down, it said that he hurried. The the same word is used twice in the passage. So in other words, when Jesus said hurry, he wasn't just saying, I want you or long for you with an earnest desire to get out of the tree at your convenience when you want to. Be careful. Don't hurt yourself coming down. Take your time. No, you can see that Zacchaeus took it as an explicit instruction. Yeah. That when he said hurry, Zacchaeus knew what Jesus was saying. Get out of the tree as fast as you can. And the reason why the Lord wanted him to hurry is because of what God wanted to bring wanted to bring to Zacchaeus' household that day. Yeah. And it was salvation. He wanted his family, his whole household, and, and specifically Zacchaeus to experience. Because Jesus said, salvation is yeah. coming to your house. Yeah. And we don't want to delay the destiny that God has for you. But then we also went into a passage of Scripture where this verb, Hasten is used in another uh, place, and that is in Acts chapter 20, verse 16, and I want to read it to you from the book of Acts. It says, for Paul had decided to sell past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening, here's the same Greek word, to be at Jerusalem if possible on the day of Pentecost. Now, his course of action that he took was based upon his desire to be in Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost. That was his longing. That was his motivation. I want to arrive on time because I want to celebrate the feast. But he knew that he had to adjust his timing, his schedule, the places that he could have stopped So what he did was he adjusted his schedule, rearranged it, and he mapped out the shortest route so that he could cover the distance in the shortest amount of time so that he could arrive to that moment. So what he did was he accelerated the trip. He hastened the day of his arrival so he could get where he wanted to be on the day that he wanted to be there.
1: So are you saying if we're going to hasten the day of the lord in our generation, in our church, you know, the church of today, we're supposed to and we need to adjust our speed or activities.
0: Yes, because you said it, we adjust our speed by adjusting our schedule. There are many, many good things that are out there, David, in in as we know in our culture. Mm-hmm. But many believers right now are living completely distracted, what I call distracted driven lives. Mm -hmm. You know, Rick Warren wrote a book uh, decades ago called The Purpose Driven Life. And it was something that God used to try to help focus people to live their life on intention and to prioritize their life in, in things that they were biblically centered and God centered in their life. But the opposite of a purpose, a God purpose driven life is a distracted driven life. Mm -hmm. And I find that one of the greatest um, obstacles that we have to overcome in our day and for the church of the 21st century is just this world is filled with so many distractions and not all of them are evil. It's not that Uh, God is calling us away from things that we can readily identify as being ungodly or evil. But many times, if we're going to get where God wants us to go in this generation, if we're going to accelerate and hasten the coming of the day of the Lord, we're going to have to say goodbye to many good things that simply occupy our time and entertain us. But in the entertaining... It's actually detaining us from our destiny. It
1: reminds me, oh,
0: oh, it was quite a long time ago, I think we talked about this, that what obedience to God is, is giving him what he wants. And it's not that he just asks you to give up bad things, but to, to give him what he wants. So if he wants you to give up watching TV or Facebook, I know a lot of people have taken time sabbaticals from Facebook or whatever, But if that's what God is giving you, then your obedience to that is so significant to respond. That's Um, right. You know, we have these hobbies. Um, Sports, we know, has become a major focus in the Western society. mm -hmm. And and literally, you can go from season to season, game to game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that many men, and this is a message for men, uh, sports cannot become your life. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God has to grow you beyond entertaining yourself uh, by, uh, you know, captivating your heart and your attention uh, by entertaining yourself through sports. Jesus is worth more yeah. than a sports season. He is worth more than a Super Bowl championship. He is worth more than um, a pennant or anything that the world would say this was a significant event. And I know this, I love sports as much as anybody uh, out there, Um, or I like sports. I really don't love sports, but I I enjoy sports. I like sports. But I have found that because of the the COVID um, crisis and the COVID epidemic that put a lot of seasons on hold it was amazing how it was like a a weaning away of things that used to occupy more of my time and now that i've gotten some of my time back and how i've invested my time i'm starting to intentionally invest my time in things that will get me where i need to go and where i want to go and so i'm saying um no to some things that are lesser than the best that God has for me. Um, And so I I just want to challenge us with that. And I'm not picking on sports, but sports probably does need to be picked on. But there are many other hobbies that captivate our attention over Christ. Now, David, I want to reframe a, a statement of what you talked about, how Paul adjusted his schedule so that he could redeem the time. And this is something the Lord spoke to me when I was preparing uh, this series. The Lord said, your wait time is determined by your speed. Mm -hmm. And so I know Carmen will enjoy this because she's a math teacher. And so I know that if we had a journey of a thousand miles to go, and I said, okay, I wanna get there the quickest way possible. I'd wanna choose the shortest route, but I, I would also wanna go at a speed that would get me there uh, within a reasonable amount of time. So if we do just simple math, a thousand miles at a hundred miles per hour, and hopefully there's not, not a lot of speed traps or highway patrolmen <laughs> out, out on that highway to get there. But let's just say there's no speed limit and you could go a hundred miles an hour you're going to arrive at that destination in 10 hours. I just did a simple analogy. But if I have that same journey, where I have that same destination in mind of 1,000 miles to cover, but I only go 10 miles an hour, it'll take me 100 hours to get there. And so the church has been going at 10 miles per hour when actually God says there's no speed limit Mm. for you you choose the speed in which you're going to hasten and quicken my return well that's what we're going to share today and i hope that uh people have been inspired and hopefully encouraged motivated to pick up the pace spiritual pace
1: yeah we need to get after it (laughs) that's right so well guys uh, we just want to say thank you again for being with us today um if you want to follow and see more Check out summitlifeministries.com. You can see us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Please follow us, subscribe, um, leave comments. You know, we want to interact with you guys. And uh, Yeah, and give your questions um, to us for uh, this coming Friday. And so we love interacting with you guys. Thank you guys for uh, everything you guys do and just encouraging us. But again, thank you and God bless. Thank you. Bless you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh
0: Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.